everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. I am Michelle Kane of Voice Matters LLC, and I'm here as ever with my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim. She is our fearless leader at Solo PR Pro. Hi, Karen. How are you today? Hi, Michelle. I am. It's Wednesday, right? And it's almost yeah, well, as if this end, well, it's almost the end of the year. It's almost the end of the week. So yeah, yeah. How are as, you? If this, as if this recording were at that midpoint where you know just trying to get it done and and land the week with ease. I'm to, you know doing all right. It's it's holiday season, so I have this eerie notion of like yeah, whatever. It'll it'll all happen and it'll be fine. <laughs> Not sure yeah. how much that that is delusion, but. All of it, every single bit of it. I, I, I've got to tell you, I, I actually got together with two, two of my best, dearest friends, and we actually did the whole little Christmas thing. And oh. it had been so long since we were together, of course. Thank you, yeah. COVID. I'm telling you, it that was five days ago. I am still recovering from, okay, I'll say this. We did not drink, but it's a social hangover i am still spent yeah it was awesome it was great it was much needed but the next morning i woke up i was like oh yeah yeah i i get that we haven't exercised those muscles in a long time and we have not yeah so yeah so that happened so coffee and you know, all the other things. All the other things. We're almost there. We're almost at the finish line and then we get to hit a fat reset. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we're just going to take a little bit of time today. I found this really cool consumer trend report from GWI. That's the Global Web Index. They're an audience targeting company and they've put together just a look at consumer trends for 2022. So we Love just want to you know, talk about some of the top takeaways because, you know, we're, yeah, we're in that mode of ending the year, but, you know, while you yeah. do want to take time to enjoy that, got one eye on 2022 and, and what does that mean for us as marketers, as, as PR pros, as we think about our clients shifting into another new year? I thought the one thing that was interesting, but it also kind of that concerned me, but thought, whoa, Nelly. And I imagine just from a human nature standpoint, it's a natural reflex, but they're claiming there's a 55% increase in consumer optimism since uh, second quarter of 2020. And I love what they said. (laughs) (laughs) That their U.S. consumers are feeling bolder, more adventurous and empowered, but with a diminishing need to be careful and responsible, especially with finances. And and, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, careful there. <laughs> I want to, well, you know, the reason that these consumer trends are important, even when you're in the B2B space is because it really, you can put your messages into the context that really matters because um, it gives you some insights into how, you know, what the mood is, what, you know, what, where are people's interests these days? And so I always find that fascinating too, but I want to know who these optimistic people are, because I see, I'm not saying that. <laughs> not, nor am I. And I'm thinking, is this the percentage of, ah, we're all, <laughs> we're all going to tie anyway. <laughs> Let me just spend all my money. I don't quite understand or, or if yeah. that's the way they cheer themselves I see up. people wanting optimism and exactly. wanting to have something to look forward to in the end of this pandemic. But I see people that are just 
freaking tired and burnt out. Not not necessarily optimistic. I wouldn't use the word optimistic. And <laughs> so who are you, who are you speaking to exactly? Oh, GW, my up. <laughs> who are these culture people? Uh, another item they bring up, which does ping, you know, we've spoken about the great resignation and the interesting yeah. aspect that they're finding is, you know, it's not so much that we don't like what we do anymore, you know, because they're saying yeah. job satisfaction is still pretty high at about 77%. But people are just using this time of reset and pause to just want a change in their lives of maybe how they work or where they work, or even to just, you know, if they're able to with that, <laughs> with their overflowing yeah. consumer optimism to just take a break. So I thought that that was interesting that it wasn't all spurred by burnout or dissatisfaction, which is real. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, but I thought that was, well, I thought that was at least a bit promising that, you know, maybe yeah. this is a, a time of what do they say, like, after great mass events like this, you can experience a time of innovation. And, you know, the way yeah. we used to do things is certainly going to be shaken up in, in so yeah. many ways. I like yeah. to comment because it really ties together these two trends, because he says, you know, he, he wouldn't say optimistic either. But, that people right. are becoming resigned to the circumstances and yeah. preparing to resume kind of normal, normal-ish right. activity. So, and I, I agree with that. And so along with that, I think, you know, this great resignation, one of the things that, you know, I've been watching this trend very closely and in, in, into the data points because one of my clients is in the workforce space and they just mm-hmm. released a brand new report this week. Client plug, MBO partners, um, state of independence <laughs> report. And this year, so they've been tracking, they've been tracking the independent workforce for 11 years. Mm-hmm. So that's more than a decade. And this year, they saw the largest ever single year increase in the number of people choosing to work independently. Mm-hmm. The reason I think that all of this is important when it comes to work and the job and how people are feeling about jobs and how they're choosing to work is that I think that we're leaning towards a period where even if if all of us here are questioning the word optimism and that our messaging needs to be more aspirational. It needs to be it needs to strike the right tone and it needs to and and even in our selling and our business development and in our management with clients yeah. i think that it it helps to to really remind ourselves that these are human beings that are going through the same time period experiencing these same challenges that we are many of our contacts may be feeling that level of they're tired of what we've been through over the past two years, they may be reflecting on some of the things that they have learned about themselves, about how they want to work, what they want to do with their lives during this time period. And so we have to, I think, be more attuned. Um, I have, (laughs) you know, we PR pros were sometimes we fill these weird roles, including counselor. Oh, um, yes in the psychological counselor sense. Absolutely. I always joke that I'm part therapist. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Um, (laughs) It's fun when uh, your clients um, use you to have tough conversations with their people because they don't want to have the tough conversations. So you're the the bad guy. So I've been the hammer a few times recently and I'm like, Mm. so this is my job now. Good times. Good times. Uh, But you know what? I think 
yeah, I I, th- I think keeping it real has definitely come to the forefront because we, yeah. you know, like you say, we're all going through the same thing. So we all know we're like, yeah, we can see the sugar coating. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's something that they bring forth in this report too, that especially Generation Z, they're, they want to keep it real. They're less interested in, you know, celebrity news and influencers per se. And, you know, they're just like, you know, let's talk about when we're struggling. Let's talk about real issues. Yeah. You know, they're, they're less interested in the, the glossy lifestyle yeah. types of promotion. Well, I mean, you know, as Chip brought up too, like this optimism around, okay, this, here's where we are. This thing is here and uh-huh. I may get sick. I may not get sick. People around me may get sick. They may not get sick. I may have to quarantine at some point. I may not. The kids may be out of school okay, we've got two years under our belt of dealing with this back and forth, this uncertainty. I think as PR posts, we want to look at, you know, and and our clients should be looking at, you know, when you're serving your market, what solutions can you bring that are easing and facilitating this, navigating this, this season of life? So um, talk about return to the office, you know, that's going to impact us on a tactical level from the way that we do our jobs with right. some clients planning on returning back to a physical office in January. Many, you know, organizations are planning that shift back or at least to a hybrid work model where they're in the office sometimes and not in the in office. So I think that means that we take a step back and and right now before that happens, start to plan our workflow. How mm-hmm. will that change? Because it's it's easy to think that we'll just go back to doing things that, the way that we did it in 20, in early 2020, 2019. Right. But so many things have shifted since yeah. then. It feels it's so long ago. It's never going to be what it was. It's going yeah. to be a new version of day-to-day life. And so I think it's good to stop before we get into the new year and think about like, okay, how do I want to manage this? How do I w- want to begin to prepare how do I set up my systems and processes to accommodate this new shift? Um, maybe that's going to mean fewer virtual meetings and maybe you'll have to work back in to your calendar, some in-person meetings and even some travel um, with people going back and forth. It might mean modifying a lot of the ways that you communicate today. Uh, for me, you know, Zoom and Slack are like part of my day-to-day life. That mm-hmm. That's it. And and in some ways that's been good because you maintain, I've actually feel like I have an even deeper connection with clients because before right. it was phone calls, we would just have right. conference calls. But when you're seeing people, it does give you that level of intimacy. As much as we talk about Zoom fatigue, there is a positive side to it as well. And then Slack for that, you know, real-time communication, but are people who are going back into the office, are they still going to want that level of communication? Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's something to start considering. Um, no, and I'm absolutely. sure out a lot of other things too. No, definitely, definitely. And it's always, you know, I always have, keep in mind no matter what kind of project I'm working on or even if it's my own promotion of, you know, how can I best get my target audience to hear what we have to say? You know, how can we best hone in? And yeah. They, this report brings up some some really key items for that as well. You know, they're calling it the attention recession. You know, how, how, you know, competing for our attention, how do you glean through what's the necessary news or, you know, are we just, you know, with the Omicron variant coming out, you know, even I who have the rosiest glasses of, no, it's okay. People need to know. I'm like, 
ugh, just relax already. I mean, you know, yeah, it's a thing. Do we have to like, uh, yeah. get all excited? You know, you know, when you yeah. turn on the news, like <gasps> the hush tones. I'm like, all right, I even I'm over this now. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to deal with this. But, well, I mean, and, I don't know about you, but I just recently started, um, I had sort of lost my book reading habit, which is so unlike. I'm still looking for mine. <laughs> back up, and and I think that it was just like I miss reading full length books. Like I read a lot of snippets of stuff. I read articles, do this and do that, but I just haven't had the bandwidth to just sit. And so lately, I've been doing yeah. that. It's really been like therapy. Nice to just sit down and like run through a book in a weekend. Um, mm. So, but. I believe that that's part of that attention recession is that we just, there's so many moving parts yeah. that we just don't have the bandwidth to read long form messaging. And, right. and that is something to keep in mind too, as you're preparing, you know, you want to make sure that the most important information um, jumps out at people that you're doing it in as succinct a way as possible, that you're not too wordy that, you know, because people just don't have the bandwidth and, and yeah. Dealing with journalists, I can say the same oh. thing. You want to get to the point, make yeah. it easy, make it bite-sized, make it, you know, and so it really means fine-tuning your media relations skills yeah. too. No, in this, absolutely. In this era. absolutely. I think partly because we've all been sort of rewired to what, what's the latest, what's, what's, what's the next bad thing now that we have to be be ready for it. It was funny. I was watching the the holiday versions of the Great British Baking Show, and there's this one um, contestant, Rahul. He goes into these long, convoluted descriptions of his bakes that they actually have a running joke where they're like, "Pull up a chair. Shall I pull up a chair?" And at one point, they actually all pulled up a chair, and he just kept going. <laughs> because thirty years ago, my mother baked this thing. They're like, "Okay, <laughs> my God." So you know, put. Keep make sure your your inner Rahul, who's a lovely man, is is being succinct as you as you craft your messaging and and help your clients to do the same as well. I mean, it's certainly yeah. you know, we're not cer- certainly not saying like just be abrupt, but you know, meet meet your audience where they are as much in the moment as you can, of course, which yeah. is you know, kind of a no brainer. But one really cool thing that they're saying, uh, you know, seeing as that we're podcasters and all, is that. Yeah. Uh, Audio has thrived during lockdown and will continue to do so, uh, mainly because we're sick of staring at screens, although some yeah, are staring at us now. but I found this trend really interesting, too. And mm. really, I'd love to dig into the methodology on this, yeah. on this whole study. So podcasts are definitely, they're saying, you know, podcasters are the new influencers, woo-woo, to us and to Chip. Yeah. And we're keeping it real. Ha-ha. Part of that trend. <laughs> However, you know, there are like clubhouse that I personally abandoned a long time ago. Mm. I know some people are still there. I'm not saying that it's dead, but it definitely mm. is not the hot, thriving, must have. Um, there's Twitter spaces. And then I just saw that Facebook also is doing audio. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, because we're a podcast, we love audio in certain formats, but I'm wondering if there's more specifics that mm. they are like what type of audio because the audio social media thing so the the two-way audio yeah i'm not so sure no yeah i think for sure and i think you know what you pulled out is that 
being able to listen on a commute or, you know, listen while you're doing something else. So listening yeah. in terms of audio, even audio books can be fabulous and it can take you really outside and make you feel like you're, you know, immersed in a movie because somebody is reading it to you. But right. the audio social media part, I'm just, I'm still, as much as I, you know, I participated and I, you know, tried them all early on and used mm-hmm. them. I'm just not so sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think they were definitely speaking more toward the one way um, communication. Yeah, the, like the podcasts were top and I think it was 50% are, mm-hmm. you know, while you're noodling around at home, you've got the podcast playing because yeah, let's face it. The two way social, it still requires energy from you. And yes. it's like, no, I'd rather pass pet more, be more of a passive listener. Ooh, I like that. Are then, we, I like <laughs> real time audio is disruptive and boring. Yeah. yeah. It's, I know Chip was never a fan of Clubhouse. In the beginning of Clubhouse, I wanted no parts of it because it felt too inside Silicon Valley to me. And I just wanted no parts. It felt very elitist. Um, And I finally jumped onto it. It was really for a very specific person. And that's because a lot of the VC audience was there. Mm -hmm. And with clients in that space, I felt like I I wanted to be there because there were some conversations that really were happening that could inform our work. But I left it because of some of the things that Chip is saying is like, anybody got time for this. And it felt like some people were living on clubhouse. It was like the early, early days. Yeah. yeah, Because then there were some people that had Twitter too, but it was fun. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Then then there were people like they've got nothing but time for clubhouse. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, what, who, what are people doing? Like there's, and so I, you know, once I turned off alerts, I sort of lost interest. Oh, yeah. That was really grabbing me to be like, I got to be there. Um, yeah. And then Twitter Spaces came along and I, I liked that first and foremost, because it was more inclusive. You didn't right. have to be, and you know, you didn't have to be an iPhone user to use the platform. Right. So just the openness of that made it attractive. And it was on a social media platform where I already have an audience and I'm already participating, exactly. which also made it more attractive. Yeah. So I do, yeah. you know, I haven't, I've used Twitter spaces here and there. I, you know, am planning to do more, but it's hard these days because every platform has mirrored everything. And, 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 Exactly. I, do, I don't have time to do an Instagram reel, a TikTok, a LinkedIn oh. live, YouTube. I yeah. don't know about everybody else. And and I would yeah. never advise clients to do all of the, there's no. too much. At this point, no. it's too much. One point yeah. we were like, get on X social media channel. We can right. no longer say that. Like it's too much. Pick, pick. Yeah. Yeah, you have yeah, you definitely have to focus, you know, find out where you're you're getting the most traction and and where it's most effective. But yeah, please don't feel like you have to f- hop on the the hottest thing because it's just again, maintaining that energy, that bandwidth and and that's not only, you know, the work you're able to perform, but just, you know, your client, you know, they 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 only have so much. So where is that going to be best spent for them? to yeah. achieve their goal, not just look cool. You know, I, I've been tempted with, with a client to say, oh, should we be on TikTok? And then, you know, just knowing what I know, it's like, well, there really aren't content creators from within, which you almost really need to get the full benefit of it. That's not really something you can do third party. Whereas Facebook, yeah. you can grab their tone and be their voice yeah. as, as yeah. their brand. But 
TikTok's a little too personal, for lack of a better way of putting it. Absolutely. Now, and I, so TikTok is one of my favorite passive platforms. Um, I am on TikTok scrolling like I'm watching TV. Right. It's, I love TikTok. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm not making TikToks because some days I'm like, oh, I really want to do that. (laughs) And then I feel like, should. Really too old to do that. Just oh, keep not? <laughs> in a Just watch. Do not. <laughs> oh, now I want to see you do a TikTok video. I know. Yeah, it's it's funny. Sometimes I think, oh man, if I were in high school or college, I'd be all over this. And now I'm, I'm jaded. I'm like, no one cares what I have yeah. to say. It's like I'm too old. I've aged out of the system. <laughs> it's been said and done. But I appreciate everyone else's gum. Although there are some older people on TikTok, but you know, just yeah. sometimes you do. You're like motivated. You're like, that looks so fun. I want to yeah. do that too. Yeah. But um, I don't sing and I don't dance. I mean, you know, not professionally and well enough for other people to be like, yeah, hey, go Karen. Oh, come on. Um, but I love what Tip said. This is such a key point to, that you can share with your clients. Your target audience is rarely on the latest and greatest social networks. Stay focused right. on where they are today with 90% of your effort. I think that that is 100% solid advice, Chip Griffin. You are smart, okay. smart, and Agree, agree, agree. <laughs> smart, smart. And we are so glad that you are our friend because we learned so much from you. That is, that yeah. right there, folks, is worth the whole advice of the 20 minutes that you've given us of your time. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Stay focused. Take all of this information in. Uh, we'll put the link to this report in our show notes. But we just wanted to give you a, a little peek into 2022 as we wrap up 2021. And as always, we thank you for joining us on That's All a Life. <laughs>